Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Chaldean Priest Show. This is Father Daniel, your host, and as usual, we will be discussing the Chaldean liturgy as it applies to the Basilica Hymn of this week, which is the fourth Sunday of the Apostles. All right, why don't we get started? Thank you all for joining for another episode. Please make sure to subscribe to this podcast channel and also give a review if you would like. That would really help this podcast channel. But today, the main focus of this podcast, of course, like I said in the beginning, will be the Basilica Hymn of the Fourth Sunday of the Apostles according to the Chaldean Liturgy. But it's also to comment on the situation of Father James Altman. And I'll get to that in one second, but before I do that, I would like to first read the Basilica Hymn, which will shed a lot of light about what I want to speak about today, and then we'll take it from there. So it says this, The Holy Spirit, who was sent from above, enlightened, instructed, and perfected the apostles, those who became, all of them, sewers of peace and creation, who drew open the shroud of gloom, from the whole creation, and who preached heavenly renewal to peoples and nations. And while they endured constant scourgings from persecutors, that same spirit strengthened them, and they prevailed and conquered every evil, and healed different diseases by his word. And while our Savior was with them, as he promised from the beginning, they were exulting every day, wearing the sword of the Holy Spirit, and warring against the hordes of the tyrant, preaching true life. So, I'm going to be going through this Basilica hymn piece by piece, and while I do this, the situation with Father James Altman that sort of broke Catholic Twitter and was being spoken about by other Catholic agencies, news agencies, and what have you, a lot of people had different opinions on what the case was with Father James Altman. So just a little background. So Father James Altman, he was speaking very openly about very political things, some things not political, but he was speaking very openly during the presidential elections. He was very open with his opinion on vaccination, so on and so forth. And some of his opinions brought some support to what he was saying, but also on the other side of the aisle, some people disagreed with the things that he said. And some people pinned him and Father James Martin against each other, saying, you know, one of them really subsists in the conservative Republican aisle, and the other one subsists in the liberal Democratic aisle. And I noticed a lot of people were confused about what was going on, about whether they needed to choose a side, whether they needed to be with Father James Martin or they needed to be with Father James Altman, and whether the bishop of Father James Altman was just in wanting to request his resignation because of his outspokenness towards a lot of uh, political things and things that could be Uh, very easily misconstrued. And that was pretty devastating for me because seeing Catholics go against each other because 
of certain people's opinions, it was really devastating. And that's one of the reasons why I waited to make this podcast is because this is a very sensitive topic. And I think it requires a lot of attention and a lot of thoroughness to go through this. And what I'm going to be talking about right now is where we should stand as Catholics, where we should stand as followers of Christ, not as followers of a certain priest or a certain bishop or a certain pope, but followers of Christ. We who are united in the Catholic faith under the same umbrella of doctrines. And this Basilica hymn in the Chaldean liturgy really shed light as to where we should stand because it's not a choice of being a Catholic Democrat or being a Catholic Republican or being a, a Catholic of one certain priest or another certain priest. It's being a Catholic attached to the very body of Jesus Christ. So this Basilica hymn speaks about, obviously it's going with the same theme of the liturgical season of the apostles. So it's speaking about the apostles going throughout the world and doing what they're supposed to do, right? So being driven by the Holy Spirit, spreading the good news to everyone. And our Chaldean church fathers from the very early centuries of the church, they speak about something that's very relevant to what we're dealing with today. So this Basilica hymn speaks about a theme that we can really build up on. So the theme is this, is it mentions that the apostles were sewers of peace in creation. So obviously the things that were created by God in this world stayed as is. But the apostles, their duty was to spread this peace. And this peace that came from Christ. And I think that's the first thing we need to underscore right here is what the duty of the apostles were from the Holy Spirit. So obviously, among other things, one of the main things that the church fathers, the Chaldean church fathers speak about is the spreading of this peace. Now, how do you spread peace? Because you can be aggressive in spreading peace and will sort of turn people off or maybe rub them in the wrong way, or you can be very gentle with spreading peace in this world but then people will say this peace is too fluffy, we need something more aggressive. So then you're you know, caught at a crossroad. How do I spread this peace in this world? So the first thing we need to know, because we all share in obviously the common priesthood of Christ by virtue of our baptism, not everyone shares in the ministerial priesthood, which those who are priests ordained to the priesthood share with each other, but how are we able to spread this peace while still understanding that there may be this division between Catholics in the political world and, of course, even in the faith, you know? How are we able to spread this peace? So the first thing to note here is that the peace of Christ is something that is very unique. And the peace of Christ is not something that's attributed to some political party. And we really see this in the Gospel of Mark, right? We can go to chapter 12, uh, verse 17, where in this episode, Jesus is confronted with the Pharisees, and they start testing him, right? They tell him, teacher, we know that you are true, 
and care for no man, for you do not regard the position of men, but truly teach the way of God. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? They give him an ultimatum. Should we pay taxes to Caesar or not? And St. Mark mentions this, that Jesus knew their hypocrisy. He knew that they were trying to pin him in some political manner. And how does Jesus respond? He responds by saying, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And St. Mark follows this by saying, And they were amazed at him. What Jesus here is doing is he's showing the true separation between church and state. Okay, we live in this world. Obviously, we have to pay taxes. We live in this world and we're Catholics and obviously we have to worship God. These are two separate things. And I know some people will say, okay, but the political world is trying to influence Catholicism and bring in these diabolical laws and you know, what have you, them wanting to integrate it in the Catholic faith. Well, okay, that's true. You know, there's an evil side of politics where it allows abortions, it allows other things that go completely contrary to Catholic doctrine. But it's good to fight for it. It's good to stand up for what the truth is, right? Even Jesus says, proclaim the truth on the mountaintops. But that doesn't mean we need to take a political stance in something that is de facto Christian. Because that is exactly what causes division. And that is exactly what goes contrary to what Jesus talks about here in the Gospel of Matthew. And I really have firsthand experience with this because I'll even have some prisoners, especially this was uh, happening very often during the presidential elections where you know, some prisoners would be talking to me after Mass or whenever I would see them, and they would ask me what I thought about the debates or what I thought about this presidential election and, you know, sort of getting me to choose a certain side or not. And obviously, there are certain principles on one party that fit a little more harmoniously with the Catholic faith than the other party. But even with that, that does not mean we need to be attached to a certain party. That's not what Jesus sent his apostles to do. Jesus did not send his apostles to lean towards one political party than the other. He sent his apostles to preach the good news. And preaching the good news means we preach Christ crucified, as St. Paul tells us. And as his basilica hymn tells us, where these apostles, they endured, this is, again, what this uh, Basilica hymn says, While they endured constant scourgings from persecutors, that same Spirit strengthened them, and they prevailed. That's what the Holy Spirit does for us. When we preach the good news, of course we'll be persecuted. Of course we'll be attacked for what we're preaching. Jesus was preparing all of his apostles for that, for his entire ministry. He was preparing them for his crucifixion. And we too, who are followers of Christ, okay, we should expect persecutions. We should expect people to attack us for preaching the truth. But just because people attack us does not mean that we need to attach ourselves to a certain political party for a certain protection or 
that does not mean we should attach ourselves to a certain political party for a certain following that we want. We, are, we attach ourselves to Christ. We attach ourselves to the Holy Spirit. Because it is the Holy Spirit that strengthens us. As his Basilica hymn says, the same Spirit strengthened them and they prevailed and conquered every evil. If we want to prevail and conquer the evils of this world, we rely on the Holy Spirit's guidance. And the Holy Spirit will not tell us to be more obsessed with politics than we are to our attachment to Christ. And one thing I sort of want to pivot to right now is Narse, one of the early Chaldean church fathers, who in one of his homilies preaches about the sad ironies of priestly vices. So he mentions this. He says, There is a great atrocity in our age of bitter bent, that the cause of quote-unquote peace has become the cause of all evils. The priesthood exists for the cause of peace among the earthly, but priests have turned the order of peace toward divisions. Let me stop there. Narse had a very clear vision of what the priesthood should be. And it sounds like he saw a lot of corruption during his time. It sounds like he saw many priests be the cause of division with people, which goes against the virtue of their priesthood, which is to spread peace, as we see in this homily of Narse, as we see in this basilica hymn of the Chaldean liturgy. And going back to my first point, when I mentioned the Gospel of Mark and Jesus telling the Pharisees to render to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's, of course we know this, from the very early centuries of the church, how the Roman emperors were seen as the saviors. They were seen as something much higher than they were. And that's sort of what the Pharisees tried to pin Jesus with. But Jesus is showing that you can render to Caesar what is Caesar's without making Caesar God and render the things to God that are God's without making God a politician. Because this is one of the reasons why Christ was so successful during his ministry. Obviously, he got crucified. But what made his ministry so successful is he didn't allow the people that opposed him to influence his ministry. We see this throughout the gospel many times where Jesus is being pinned in a corner by the scribes and the Pharisees. But Jesus doesn't give into their philosophy. Jesus had the truth with him and was not scared to preach the truth. Jesus didn't need some sort of political backing to help him during his ministry because that backing was received through his relationship with the Father. And going back to this division that I've been seeing amongst Catholics with attributing themselves to a certain priest or a certain ideology from a bishop or a certain pope, 
You know, some people oppose Pope Francis, some people oppose Pope Benedict, some people oppose Father James Martin, some people oppose Father James Altman, some people oppose their certain bishops, and then so on and so forth. That's not what Christianity is about. That's us being followers of a certain person. Christianity is built on faith. It's built on morals. It's built on the magisterium. It's built on apostolic succession, and so on and so forth. So, if you who are listening have been divided by something you saw on Catholic Twitter or you know, some sort of Catholic social media outlet, let this be a reminder for you that you don't need an ultimatum to be a Catholic. You don't need an ultimatum to choose from one aisle to the other. Being Catholic does not mean we're being politicians. Being Catholic means we are anointed with Christ sharing in the common priesthood of Christ. Obviously, I share in the ministerial priesthood of Christ, but most of you who are listening most likely share in the common priesthood of Christ by virtue of your baptism. And let that sink in, because that is something very special. And it's not something we should take for granted, because one day we're going to stand before God. And we won't have time to explain our political views to Him. What we'll have to explain is our fidelity to God and what we did in this world that would make us worthy to attain eternal happiness with Him in heaven. And sometimes politics could be very veiled and could seem so innocent as if we're the ones preaching the good news. But what it's really doing is absorbing the life that Christ gave us and the life that the Holy Spirit is guiding us by and allowing us to become these people who are not. And that's why at the end of the Basilica Hymn for this podcast episode, it says, And while our Savior was with them, as He promised from the beginning, they were exalting every day, wearing the sword of the Holy Spirit, and warring against the hordes of the tyrant, preaching true life. By wearing the sword of the Holy Spirit, we are able to pierce the hearts of those who are hardened. And we see hardness of heart a lot in Scripture. But it's the Holy Spirit that's able to pierce those hardened hearts, which will allow us to preach true life to those who don't know Christ. So, if we want to be true followers of Christ, it needs to begin by us putting aside our political views and arming ourselves with Christ. And really, we see this in the life of St. Paul. So, I encourage all of you to ask questions about things you're not sure of. Seek understanding for things that might be unclear for you. Because... What's at stake right now is your souls, is all of our souls. And maximizing all of the resources around us will allow us to gain this true hope in Christ. So, obviously, I only had 20 minutes to talk about this very sensitive topic, but 
if any of you have any follow-up questions for me or want to talk in more depth about this situation, please make sure to reach out to me on social media and I'll obviously get to you whenever I have the chance to, but I would like to bring more clarity to something that can be very misconstrued. So I hope you enjoyed this episode for today. Again, this is Father Daniel, and you've probably noticed that we didn't have a segment on the lines then today, and that is because this episode was controversial enough, so that's that. As always, if you have any questions, you know where to find me, but until then, see you next time.